Yes. 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 I, you saw the dinosaur. Heck yes. I did. I saw yeah. the dinosaur. I did see the dinosaur. Amazing. There was a dinosaur on a jet ski. I saw yes. that. It was so That's great. That's incredible. So good. <laughs> Only in Portland. There's right? a dinosaur on the boat. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Life finds a way. <laughs> Welcome to the Hybrid Pub Scout Podcast with me, Emily Einelander. And me, Corinne Kalaski. Hello! We are mapping the frontier between traditional and indie publishing. Um, and today we have a brand new intern. Intern! Intern, Corinne! I know! I can't believe it! What happened? <laughs> I don't know! Intern, please introduce yourself to the public of uh, Hi- Hybrid Pub Scout listeners. <laughs> Hi, public. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Amanda, and I'm an intern. (laughs) What sign are you? I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. This will work. Yeah, I think so. It'll work. Is Sagittarius earth sign? What are you? Fire. Fire. Oh, Oh. so fire, water, earth. Oh, good. Almost all the elements. Yeah. 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 We need an air sign. We need an air sign. Beyonce and Jay-Z are a Sagittarius and a Virgo. Oh, that's right. You see how that worked out. (laughs) Yeah, that worked out really well. (laughs) Amazing. I, that started out differently in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for for uh, being interested in our podcast. Yes. And so Amanda's going to be uh, um, running some Facebook and Instagram stuff, and I'll probably put her to work in other ways. And yes. uh, yeah, so... So uh, you'll be seeing more of her around. I'm excited. It'll be fun. All right. So I have to fulfill a promise. We, we <laughs> made a promise to all of you. Daddy swore an oath. So we promised that if you wrote a review for us and gave us a five-star rating, I would read the review in an accent of your choice. However... The person who left us the last review did not choose an accent, which whoever you are, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. But also, you can torture me more. It's true. She can withstand a lot. I can. Mm -hmm. I mean, not without yelling, but still. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to read this in an Irish accent. Okay. Because I was thinking about an Irish thing earlier. Oh, what was it? It was a dark song. (laughs) The movie. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. All right. The name of this review is Very Informative by Panda Girl One. (laughs) So many interesting tidbits about the publishing industry. This podcast is highly informative, fun, and helpful. As an unpublished writer with a goal to eventually publish, learning about publishing from experienced publicists, authors, and more is wonderful. <laughs> what did I just do? Like a <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. That was a little like, Ula. <laughs> I feel I'm getting a unique and helpful perspective that's difficult to otherwise achieve without tons of research and networking. As an added bonus, the hosts have great rapport and are funny, honest, and unafraid to dig beneath the surface. Aww. Thank you, Panda Girl yes, One. Thank you. Panda oh, Girl so One. Yeah, we appreciate. We do appreciate it a yeah. lot. Does it just sound sarcastic when I say it? I don't think so. Okay, no. I just wanted to reiterate, <laughs> reinforce that. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's the word I meant to use. Thank you. Both work. Reinforce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we have a great interview with a New York editor today, and so we're going to launch into that right now for you. Today we're chatting with Artie Alsbach, a publicist at Sterling in NYC. Um, Artie is a writer, children's book editor, amateur pool player, and fine artist living with her very own miniature house panther named Merlin down on the Jersey Shore. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Artie C. Elaine. Artie, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thanks. It's my pleasure. 
All right, so I'm gonna break the ice here, um, talking about the thing that I want to talk. I want to talk to you the most about. <laughs> so you have a new blog called Genre Diary, where you cover thrillers, true crime, and the like, and you've also contributed a lot of blogs and reviews on these subjects. So how did you get into that? Um, well, sort of roundabout, I guess. I uh, was working in publicity for a science fiction fantasy publisher um, for a couple of years. And when I left that job and uh, began working for Sterling, I wasn't working on genre at all at the time. Um, I was still doing publicity, added in some marketing, um, was working mostly on children's books and a lot of uh, adult nonfiction. But science fiction fantasy has been my first love and I wanted to stay kind of involved with that world. So uh, I reached out to one of my contacts that I had made as a publicist and just asked politely if they had room for contribution and they did. And it was uh, SF Signal was the first one that I contributed to. And when they closed their doors, another one of my contacts that I'd made uh, as a publicist um, note, had noticed my writing on there and asked if I wanted to contribute to their blog. And that was the Barnes & Noble Science Fiction Fantasy blog, which I still write for. So it's been a couple of years now. So what true crime podcast are you listening to right now? Um, currently, it's probably everyone's favorite who loves this, which is my favorite murder. Um, but I'm eagerly awaiting for someone knows something to come back. That is one of my all-time favorites. Mm -hmm. Same with Missing and Murdered. Um, it might not be as well known. It's a CBC podcast, and it's, it's kind of set up the same way Someone Knows Something is, where it's investigative, and they follow one case throughout its entirety. Um, and those have been really phenomenal in kind of reporting uh, on cases that are, are not as well known or things that we kind of overlook in true crime, um, specifically missing and murdered indigenous, indigenous women uh, in Canada and the United States. So kind of an issue that I didn't know much about until the podcast. So it's it's been interesting to learn about and, you know, Hopefully more of that kind of thing will be uh, talked about. So. Right. Yeah, There's. I, I didn't know about that until I saw people posting about it on um, the Facebook. I think it was like in the Gen Y podcast um, group. Mm -hmm. There was all this stuff about it. And I, it's just such an absurd amount of, of women going missing yeah. in those communities. And it's, it's, we need to get to the bottom of that. The more people that, that know about it, I think the, the more likely it is that um, more of those investigations will, you know, be featured in the news and that sort of thing. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I think one of my other favorites is Criminal. And it's, mm -hmm. I love it because it's not the headlining stories and it just really dives deep into one subject or one type of crime. And a lot of it is lighthearted. Some of it isn't, but it's always, I always learn something from it, which I like. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, she's very, um, has a very soothing voice as well. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I feel okay while we're talking about all this terrible stuff. You make me think it's all going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's jump into the uh, publishing related yeah. um, questions. Karen, do you want to kick those oh, off? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> So now you completed both the Denver publishing course as well as NYU's. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience at each one? And do you feel that they adequately prepared you for a career in publishing? Um, sure. So the Denver Publishing Institute was something that I did directly out of undergrad, um, okay. which was a long time ago. And, <laughs> and it was pre-Facebook. Facebook was not yet when I did this so it it was very print focused so mm -hmm. everything was about um, print publishing on the book side and print publishing on the magazine side so there was nothing digital mentioned um, at that point and it was definitely valuable in helping me understand that books and publishing were were where I wanted to be um, but I wasn't quite ready to commit to New York City at that sure. point in my life. 
I had come from a very small town in South Carolina and I went to a very small undergrad in South Carolina. And so the idea of moving from basically the middle of nowhere to New York City was just a little too daunting for right, me at yeah. that point. So I ended up going to grad school instead and just kind of life happens, mm-hmm. you know start to go in one path like more things happen so I was in grad school and then I ended up teaching um, directly out of graduate school I met my husband while I was in graduate school Um, and then six years later it was like wait what about this publishing thing like I want to do that still like what happened so so I ended up um, I got divorced and sold my house and Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to figure this out. And I loved the Denver Publishing Institute so much and felt that it was a valuable experience that I thought it would help me, you know, kind of regain my footing in right. that in that world. So, but this time I decided I wanted to try one of the, there's a few uh, New York based publishing mm-hmm. programs like that. So I wanted to try it in New York just so that it would kind of force me. Yep go to New York and see what it's all about. I'm like, is this as scary as I imagine? Is this a big, as big of a deal as I think it is having never really, like I traveled a lot um, as a teacher. I'd gone to many conferences in a lot of large cities, um, but New York was still an unknown mm-hmm. one for me. So I went to meet the NYU Publishing Institute um, and it was similarly structured to the Denver so there was half focused on books and half focused on magazines and that really does help you decide if you don't know which of those you're interested in but you know you want to do something related Um, it gives you a very in-depth view of what those two paths are like Mm -hmm. Um, it was definitely still solidly books after that program I I knew for sure that I wanted to stay in books Um, since my graduate program focused more on communication and less on writing and literature, um, I sort of veered into the public speaking side of things. I'd been teaching okay. public speaking for six oh. years at Clemson University, so that's how I um, kind of fell into publicity and marketing as my where my ultimately led uh, because my resume just pointed directly to it it just right. seemed no brainer that that if I was going to transition careers that, that would be the the best path to take mm-hmm. um so I did that and I definitely think that the program helped not only focus and help me determine that books was still the thing I wanted to do but it gave me a lot of opportunity to connect with other people in publishing they have a very strong alumni network Um, There's still an alumni uh, listserv that I'm on where jobs are posted, roommate housing opportunities are posted. It's very, it's very good community. Um, And I'm still in touch with, um, in fact, one of my roommates that I had for the majority of when I lived in Manhattan was my roommate at NYU. So it can be a really wonderful support network. You're not alone. You come to the city. It's the big bad, you know, New York City but you're not alone. You instantly have 110 other people trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may help to make the adjustment to the big city from your uh, kind of phobia about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, New York has a lot to offer. It's not just, you know, the things that you see on TV or in the news. It's, you know, wonderful, diverse, cultural place. Um, and as someone who grew up in the South, which is known for southern hospitality right um there's a stigma about new yorkers being rude and i want to say for the record that that's not actually true yeah yeah so they're just always in a hurry mm-hmm. to say but everyone has been helpful i've never really had a bad experience in new york um it was a big adjustment going from small town southern america to very large like it's a whole it's a whole different world it's a whole different way of living um so having that support network was really key in adjusting um i got my first job from a fellow nyu publishing person um so that really helped me get my foot in the door we were always trading job links and ideas and if 
someone got a job at a company and knew of other openings, then it was helpful to learn about them from friends um, who could also recommend you to people. So it was really, it wasn't just about the, the classroom experience. It's, it's more about the broader network that you gain afterwards. So I definitely recommend it, um, especially for people who don't already live in New York. It's a, it's a really good way to transition in don't have any other support system or any other way of getting to New York. Right. So, right. Now I'm curious too, like this. So when did you take the NYU course? Cause it was quite a while after you did the Denver one, right? Yes. So I did Denver in 2003 and I did the summer publishing Institute for NYU in 2012. Okay. So was there like a much bigger focus on digital in the NYU one? I assume there yeah. probably had to have been. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So social media. There's a huge component about social media, um, social media marketing, books and what those are all about because there weren't ebooks um in 2003 which seems like that wasn't that long ago but no i know yeah yeah since 2003 really everything is digital now everything is online um so it definitely helped like get a sense of what where the field is right now uh, in the moment that i'm trying to break into it so it's Good now job. with everyone um with so many layoffs in the uh in the magazine uh even magazine website world i uh do you feel kind of relieved that you went the book path or do you feel um, like you have better job security i have very good job security uh there there's always the print is dead kind of going out that's not the case um books in indie, independent bookstores are stronger than they have really ever been um, I, you know, I'd never, magazines was never really my thing to start. So I don't know if there's any sense of relief. Um, it's more that things are always changing and evolving. All industries do have that. Um, and I, I feel like magazines and online journalism will kind of find its feet again, and it may be a different form, but I feel like it will always be there. Um, because yeah, when you think about podcasts, it kind of ties in with the true crime podcasts. A lot of investigative journalism in print has gone away and podcasts is really where it's being replaced. Like we're getting a lot of that, you know, online. So it's still like the avenues are still there. It's just a matter of figuring out where they are and how to kind of transition from one thing to the other. So. Mm -hmm. That's a really good tie in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Want to move on? Yeah, let's do it. Um, and now, so, well, I think you already answered this already. Did you, well, but did you know from an early age that you wanted to get into publishing? Or was that kind of something that sort of, like, as you got more work experience, it was something that you were like, oh, this is, you know, the the career I want to pursue. I, I didn't think I knew that it was a career. I didn't know exactly what it meant to make a book, I think, as a young, like, I, I um I spent a lot of time in the library. Uh, Amen. Me too. <laughs> Sorry. I get excited when I hear about other people who spend a lot of time in the library as children. Yeah. So I didn't have childcare after school. And so mm -hmm. that kind of transition between being too small to be unsupervised and getting my driver's license. Yeah. After school, my thing, I would just go to the library and I would mm -hmm. hang out there. And I was already a, a bookish kid. Like my mom read to me when I was a baby. Um, I learned to read early. Um, I was always voracious about reading. So going to the library just seemed like a natural place to hang out as like a middle schooler. Uh -huh. I've made friends with all the librarians. So I ended up volunteering at the library officially. And, you know, that involved a lot of data entry and shelving books. And when you're shelving a lot of books, you start to notice things on the spines, like, like who the publishers are and like, what does that mean? And how does that work? And I think it was probably about the eighth grade that I noticed that there were certain books that came from, always came from the same publisher, mm -hmm. uh, which was Tor for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, it would be really cool to work there one day, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what there was to do in publishing beyond editing. I think that's another thing that's valuable about the publishing institutes is it really opens it wide open to what all the possibilities are. Like, you know, maybe you're not, you're a big reader, but you're not necessarily a words person. You don't have to be an editor to work in publishing. Like you can work on data if you want. You can work on social media. You can work in sales, um, publicity, marketing. 
you know, there's all sorts of ways to be involved mm -hmm. beyond editorial. So I didn't really know until I think college that I, that publishing was a viable option because everyone was asking as an English major, oh, so you're going to be a teacher? And I was like, no. Right. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be a teacher. What are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for those, those playing at home, Tor is a, a big sci-fi fantasy uh, yeah. publishing yeah. company. So, yeah. yeah. So there was one I was wandering the halls my senior year and I saw a, a huge poster for the Denver Publishing Institute in my college hallway and I was like, yes, that's the thing. I ended up teaching anyway and I don't regret that at all, but it was just a, a long, a little bit longer of a path than mm -hmm. I think a lot of people take. A lot of people that go to the Denver Publishing Institute or the NYU Publishing Institute are coming directly from college. Yeah. But that is not... You know, anyone can do it. I, I mean, right. I, was, I was in my 30s when I went to the NYU mm -hmm. Publishing Institute, um, and I wasn't the only one. So, a lot of I think that's very cool that you um, made that shift uh, instead of just kind of, you know, <laughs> accepting that the path you were on was the only one. Yeah. I know a lot of people yeah. kind of just settle into that right. instead of going, you know, I I want to do this thing that I was thinking about long ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty cool. It is, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was sort of a it was a little insane. I probably should have planned it a little bit better than I did, but but I made it. I got here and I yeah. worked hard and did all the things I needed to do to figure it out. So good. Yeah. That's good for cool. you. I like yeah. that a lot. You yeah. don't have to um you don't have to make a new fake ID and pretend that you're like twenty yeah. years old. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little awkward because my first job in publishing was an internship. It was uh -huh. a paid internship, and I was the only one that was not in college. Right. So it was a, that was a little strange. We we yeah. made good friends. I made good friends with my fellow internees, and we had a good time. And I ended up getting a, a full time job at the same company, which really you know helped get my foot in the door. So sure. yeah. It's really humbling to uh, to be the intern. Like for me, I was an intern somewhere at 29, and then I found out that the one of the women whose office I was working in and interning for was 22, and I was just <laughs> like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> my boss in that job was younger than me, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> total total humbling experience, but probably you know good. Good to have that smack on the ego every mm -hmm. once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, all right. So, Do you want to ask the next question? Um, well, we got into a little bit the fact that you have had editorial and marketing and publicity. Um, so for one thing, did we talk about like how you kind of made that move from marketing and publicity to editorial? Yeah, I can, I can dive into that. Yeah. So um, my career change, it actually happened about a year ago that I decided that I really, that editorial was kind of more where I wanted to be. And I don't think that that was out of the blue at all because I had a literature degree. I had done a lot of copy editing. Um, I had worked in the writing center at my undergraduate. I loved it. It was my favorite job. I wish that I could have done that. Like, when I graduated, I was so sad because I had to leave that job. I had the same experience, yeah, <laughs> in college. Forever and ever and ever. Like, why can't I just be a writing tutor for the rest of my life? Like, it was really fulfilling. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was, yeah. And so I think that the seeds of that are why I ultimately ended up in editorial. Um, like, marketing and publicity was a great job. It was great to... Um, network with authors and sort of be that connection between the outside world and the internal world of publishing. So you're, you're a communication bridge sharing, you know, what's new, what's exciting out with uh, potential readers and fans. So that's, that's really fun and fulfilling. And, you know, I, I made a lot of uh, friends through that. Um, just, you know, especially in the science fiction and fantasy community, it's a very small community. So um, we all tend to know each other and know the publicists and know the writers and know the reviewers and 
So it's a very small um, world. And as much as I love that, as much as I loved organizing events and sending authors on tour whenever I could and making someone's day by sending them the reader, advanced reader copy that they've been dying to get their hands on, you know, that kind of thing. I think because I had that drive so long ago to be more involved on the writing level, like just to get really deep into it, it's kind of a creative outlet for me. I tend to do a lot of creative things on as hobbies. So it kind of helps bring that more into my, my day to day where, you know, I can champion authors on the inside and use that marketing and publicity skill that I had to help position books for the marketing publicity and sales department. So, so all of that still makes a lot of sense for what I do uh, as an editor, but I'm also now acquiring and getting really excited about new things and, and helping writers um, get their books out into the world um, helping them developing them as writers and that sort of thing and I just I find that just really fun and satisfying to do it's it definitely brings me back to the old days of the writing center mm-hmm. but on a, on a much grander scale and it's, it's a really like I feel that I am where I'm supposed to be Oh, that's great. That is a good feeling. That's great. Yeah. But, and you're, uh, you said your hobbies are artistic. You're a fine artist, you said? Yeah, that was kind of my other love. If I hadn't been an English major, I would have been an art major. Like, <laughs> so I mined <laughs> art instead. And um, so I did a lot of drawing and painting growing up as a kid. Uh, I do a lot of sewing now, um, just because it's a little quicker than hobbies, a little more instant that instant gratification there do you um, do that like sassy needlepoint type <laughs> stuff where you like <laughs> say naughty things and embroidery <laughs> wheels mine are, all, mine are all uh fandom related so I have Lord of the Rings and um Harry Potter and Star Trek <laughs> and things like that so sounds like you do a really good job of like packaging all of your interests <laughs> like you're able to oh I mean I think it's a great thing for an editor to know about marketing and publicity yes, too because so many times they don't yeah and just like yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah and it's something that I can kind of provide to my department too which is also fun you know they can come to me with questions that maybe they don't feel comfortable going to the other department for or the other department's too busy you know, which they are always very busy. Um, you know, we can kind of talk about these things and it's easier to talk about these things during acquisitions. You know, how are we positioning this? Well, who's the audience? Do we really think sales is going to be able to um, take a bite out of this and really go for it? Uh, so. so it definitely comes up for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. And what, so you've worked on, I assume, all kind of different types of books. Mm-hmm. And uh, which ones do you enjoy working on the most? And what have been some of your favorites? Um, I am currently working on mostly middle grade and young adult okay. fiction, which uh-huh. is, that's what I love. I love fiction. But I've also worked on nonfiction. Um, I have enjoyed especially like picture books about science and nature and that sort of thing. That's, that's another one of my many interests. Um, so it's fun to share that with kids, but I have to say that working on fiction for younger readers has been, you know, it's, I feel that I'm making books for the younger me. Basically uh-huh. like all the books that I wanted to read when I was in middle school on up, like now I can find those and find you know, the other kids out there and get them excited about reading if I find something cool and interesting. Um, And I'm currently working on graphic novels for middle grade, which is super fun. Yeah. Super delightful. So, um, yeah. That sounds really fun. That does sound Yeah. 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 Is there ever like a particular book that you worked on that was just like amazing and you remember it forever? (laughs) Um, probably one of the ones I'm working on now, and I'm not sure that I can 
talk about it yet. So. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad that it's happening now. We could, but soon, very mm-hmm. soon, it will be out where we can discuss it. So, yeah. well, message us so we can um, post it on yes. all of our social media. Oh, <laughs> I, I will. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Um, let's see. So, more and more publishers have been consolidating marketing and publicity departments. Uh, and even though they're kind of two sides of the same coin, do you ever find it difficult to like balance each one? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, Cause I've worked in both environments. So mm-hmm. I've worked for a big five where marketing is a separate department from publicity. Right. And then I've looked at smaller publishers where marketing and publicity are the same group. Um, and I think they both have, their pros and they both have their cons. Um, the pro of having them separated is you just, you get a little bit more focus and time spent on each piece. But I feel that a con could potentially be um, not quite being on the same page about what book is getting what treatment. I don't know that that's always the case. I mean, it's, just, it's gonna vary department to department. Um, so, you know, what I take what I say with a grain of salt, <laughs> but the potential is there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the definite advantage of having it be in the same department is that you have one person overseeing the marketing and the publicity for one specific title. And you know that everything is kind of working together as mm-hmm. it should. Um, but then the con would be, um, perhaps not enough resources depending on the publisher um you have one person working on all of this it's it's a lot of work a Mm -hmm. lot of work for one person so yeah it's definitely there's there's a balance um between the two um I I enjoyed both to be Mm -hmm. honest I mean it was nice because I'm I'm a very communicative person um across departments I'm always bugging other departments for information or just to find out, you know, hey, what are you doing with this book? And is, you know, oh, my author is going to go on tour for this thing. Can you make some graphics for that for social media for me? And is there anything that you're doing that could tie into that? Like that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of on each individual person to, you know, be as open about what you're doing and what they're doing and just be really collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same is true within the department. You know, if you're, if you're the one person doing both, it's, you know, there's a lot of, talking to sales about what you're up to and you know talking within the department about what you're up to and bouncing ideas off of each other and that sort of thing so yeah I don't know All if right. that answered the question yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it yeah. definitely did yeah. <laughs> so is there any topic in publishing that's been on your mind lately that you want to talk about either an interesting change or trend you're seeing or something that's got you hot under the collar um, I don't know that anything has me hot under the collar, but trend wise, since I've always, I'm always going to bring it back to science fiction and fantasy. I can't help it. That's just my, my main interest. Um, it's been so nice as a, as a kid who loved it and didn't see enough of it in the mainstream, how that genre is just really becoming more and more popular among readers. Um, we have, you know, the big blockbuster movies and shows to thank for that. So I'm really happy that that's more mainstream and that more people are reading, reading that. Um, I think that, especially for a younger audience, science fiction and fantasy is a really great way to get kids excited about reading. And honestly, I don't care what they're reading as long as they're reading. Yeah, yeah, right, for sure. Yeah, and so graphic novels. That's that's a particular area that I'm seeing trending, especially among younger readers we've always kind of had graphic novels and comic books for like teen and up but now um we're getting a lot more um, graphic novels for middle grade and even younger like working on i'm working on one now for ages six to nine that's the one that i can't talk about but i will tell you all about it when I, as soon as i get the thumbs up um and it's just it's really exciting to see that this is um an interest that buyers are are wanting and readers are wanting and people are talking about it um i just read about the other day in publishers weekly 
about the new uh, Babysitter's Club Little Sisters series is oh, now yeah. be a graphic novel series, which is great, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. So Aww. nice how a new young audience, yeah. especially for girls. Like, girls mm-hmm. maybe aren't the traditional readers for graphic novels, and now right. we have some series coming out that really um, are targeted towards them. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but I remember when uh, we were in school, we weren't allowed to read like comic books or graphic novels during like class or anything like that, except during special times. Do you think, I don't know if you've been to a conference and talked to any teachers or librarian, school librarians, but has that loosened up a little that you know um, of? I don't, I don't actually know. I do have a few librarian and, and parent friends um, and they have not mentioned that any of their kids have had any restrictions. Any of they seem excited, just as excited as I am, um, and as the market seems to be for that. Because some of my friends have younger boy readers who who aren't into reading that much, and I think that it's kind of a universal feeling that we just want them to read whatever mm-hmm. they're happy to be reading, and if we can provide graphic novels and comic books for their age, it's age appropriate. The you know, parents are excited to, you know, dive right into that, get their kids reading, so. Uh, yeah, I, JT, my husband, went, went to uh, visit his nieces and nephews, and one of our nieces apparently um, announced to him that graphic novels and comic books aren't real books, <laughs> and so he was like, well, your Aunt Emily works in publishing, so let's see what she has to say about <laughs> it, and I was like, tell Madison that yes, they are. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Educating the children. <laughs> I mean, so much of our, our uh, visual media is coming from graphic novels and comic books these days, and you totally. can't don't miss it anywhere you look there there it is so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah all right well oh, I, I think Chris okay. is a very important <laughs> question <laughs> so this is not publishing related at all but I am very interested so you are a competitive pool player is that right it's, yeah competitive but it's amateur so it's but it's not, amateur no, okay so like how did you get into that like tell us about the world of competitive pool I'm super interested in this sounds obviously. like a discovery channel yeah show waiting to yeah. happen <laughs> It's a, well, I, it's a friend of mine who uh, works at Macmillan, who she has been playing pool for a very long time. I'm not sure exactly how she got into it um, either, but she had been captaining a team for a long time and it was all ladies. Yep. And she was looking for a lower ranked person. And Mm -hmm. I played pool as a kid, weirdly. Um, My dad had gotten us a, pool table secondhand so that was something you know not not an every kid thing at all um and then I played a lot in college and just kind of but it was just you know one thing to do not really yeah. a thing I thought about that much so I'm not I wasn't particularly good I just knew I liked it and so we had talked about that and she kept asking me to join her pool team and I was like oh, I don't know I haven't played I'm just you know, I'm not sure that I'm very good and she's like that's perfect I need someone with, <laughs> with low rank to balance out our roster so, yeah. yeah well maybe I'll try it so I tried it and now it's been almost two years now okay so, yeah. yeah really fun um I play uh in APA which is the organization that kind of governs our teams um the am- I think it's amateur pool I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, that's uh, all right. Um, so, and I play on a nine ball team. And uh, so we're, we're playing with only nine balls and we shoot them in numerical order. And they're Whoa. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard, but it's, that's, it's the challenge. And I like that challenge. Um, and it makes playing eight ball so much easier. <laughs> I bet. So when you're only worried about solids or stripes. So you have to do them in order. Wow. And um, the balls are assigned points, and your rank is kind of your handicap. So I only need X amount of points to win. Mm-hmm. My opponent might need a lot more or a lot less, depending on their rank. Um, so, yeah. Do you all wear matching jackets? <laughs> no, but I suggested this. So. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Let's be, you know, like 
the pink ladies from Greece. Like we need, we need our own t-shirt or something. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to get on that. We're going to work yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. You have endorsements. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I also have another question about that is now publishing related. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your cat who you described uh, as a miniature house panther? Yes. His name is Merlin. Uh, he's very large. He uh-huh. weighs 15 pounds. And he's all black. So okay. He's, when he's prowling around the house, he kind of looks like a, a little baby panther. Uh-huh. And um, I picked him up off the street. He actually adopted me. I did not Aww. adopt him. I was coming home late one night, and I was in a hurry mm-hmm. to get back to my apartment. This was in Washington Heights in Manhattan, and which is a neighborhood very far north in Manhattan. People know where it is. And this little black cat came running up to me just also in a hurry like clearly (laughs) I was just like oh no I have to stop now and pet this cat so (laughs) petting the cat and he's just you know having a grand old time and I'm looking around like there's no people around and he doesn't have a collar and he's very dirty and obviously hasn't been eating properly yep so I didn't think there were any humans attached to him or if they were, they weren't taking very good care of them. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to pick him up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he didn't protest. He just was like very cool about it. Like, okay, this is what we're doing. And I just took him home. I'm in my apartment. And like an hour later, he was sleeping so hard on my couch. And I was like, well, I guess he's adopted me. I guess he's invited. So he's actually right over here. So. Yay! <laughs> Oh, oh, we're going to see the cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. She's so big. She is. <laughs> oh, oh, God, his eyes. eyes. Wow. Oh, what a sweetie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How old is he? He's two. Two. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So when I picked him up, he was five months old and he okay. weighed seven pounds. So he was okay. already a full-size cat size. Wow. I didn't know that he was a kitten when I picked him up. Sure. Not interested in getting a kitten right um at all yeah so he was um so I took him to the vet just to get him checked out and get all the shots and get him fixed and everything and the vet was like oh did you know he's only five months old I was like no (laughs) (laughs) shocking like oh well now I have this enormous kitten and he just got bigger and bigger and bigger um and now he weighs 15 pounds so yeah yay (laughs) that's really cool Panther for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So we always ask, uh, "What are you reading right now?" Um, I, well, I'm sort of in between. I'm reading a book that I'm reviewing. I'm always worried about talking about books I'm reviewing before I review yeah. them, so I'm gonna skip that one. Okay. Uh-huh. And I will tell you about. Um, so I just finished reading *The Clockmaker's Daughter* by Kate Morton. Oh yeah, how was that? Oh, so good. I got yeah. it as an audiobook actually because I have a long commute um into Manhattan and so I, you know, and reading on the train is a little hard for me. I don't I don't know why, but I get distracted. So I I love to sink into what I'm listening to and the audiobook was just perfect for that. Um it's narrated by uh shoot, what's her name? I think it's Joanna Froggett. She was in Downton Abbey. Oh, okay. The Ladies Made in Downton Abbey. And she does such a good job of all the different voices. Like she'll do an American accent every now and then and you would have no idea it was her. Like she's just, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very involved story with a lot of mystery and twists and turns. And it spans a couple of different generations um, of the same, of this mystery so you oh. kind of get a different threads happening and then you have to see how over time they connect it's it's like each character that narrates starts to overlap with the other I love and, that yeah so it's a very layered and very interesting but it all centers around this one house mm. and that was owned by an artist in the 1800s and so you and you find out more about him and about his life and there's there's a, a murder that happens at one point and I'm afraid to tell more because I don't want to give it away but yeah. it's <laughs> so, like I still kind of get goosebumps thinking about how 
how immersive it was and how you're just right there in it. And I just don't think I can recommend it enough, especially the audio version, because you're just just in it and Mm -hmm. there's nothing to distract you from just being pulled right in. So yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Corinne. What am I reading? Well, let's see. I'm still reading the Jen Kirkman book. Okay. Uh, I can barely take care of myself. Um, <laughs> and then I'm also reading, I just got this out of the library, this book called Prophets Pray. That is about the FLDS church uh, and Warren Jeffs. Um, I'm, st- I'm like beginning to kind of, because I check out a lot of books. I'm really like, I'm not a huge true crime person, but I'm really into cults. So yeah. almost all the books that I check out from the library are about cults. So I feel like they're going to start like flagging my card or something is right. like, who is this weirdo that keeps checking out it's still like exclusively books. I cults. mean, what would the, the risk would be, you would be a cult leader. Yeah, like, that's true. someone in a cult. Right, isn't right. Really, yeah. Like checking out books yeah, about Yeah, I don't, yeah, I guess no. I'm worrying <laughs> unnecessarily, but I do that all the time. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, so I'm reading those two things that, uh, which are like good counterpoints because Jen Kirkman's like a comedian and that book is super like light and breezy and fun. And then obviously the other one's like an investigation into this deep, dark, like, you know, just terrible underworld of terrible things. Uh, so it's kind of a good counterbalance. Like they both sort of balance each other out. So we have the light and the dark. Marvelous. If you will. So anyway, that's what I'm reading. Proud of you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> What about you? I finished Pachinko by oh, Minjin nice. Lee on um, Friday, mm-hmm. and it's devastating and wonderful, mm-hmm. and I recommend it. It is a commitment. It's like 479 pages, and four generations of a Korean family living in Japan, um, World War II and up through the 1980s, and um so yeah, that was a great one. I just got, um, we went to Pals yesterday and finally like cleaned out a bunch of our books. Mm-hmm. Well, we thought it was a bunch, but we're like, oh, we got this big old box full of books. And this lady was literally in line in front of us with a dolly with three banker boxes full of oh books. Oh my God. A dolly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But uh, we got... 39 bucks all right and um I was like okay I'll be right back (laughs) (laughs) and so we got um uh the next uh, the last book in the um uh uh Broken Earth trilogy uh by N.K. Jemisin and so uh my husband is one book behind me and so I'm like oh I have to I have to start reading The Stone Sky immediately or he's gonna catch up and win um, <laughs> so no can't have it no that, that one's that one's next so, yeah, I'm very awesome. I'm probably gonna start it tonight yeah. very excited yeah. um that's that's been making my year <laughs> I don't I don't know why I don't go faster I think it's because at the every at the end of everyone I'm just so emotionally exhausted that I need a break <laughs> <laughs> books especially the good ones will do that to you for sure mm-hmm. yeah I just like ugly cried for 15 minutes after the end of the first one <laughs> wow just paced around the house that happens a lot to yeah. me though <laughs> I have a lot of feelings <laughs> all right well is there anything else you wanted to we know we know that your um can you give us our tw- your twitter handle one more time and anything else that you want to plug um, sure. Yes. I'm on Twitter at artist Elaine. So A-R-D-Y-C-E-E-L-A-I-N-E. Um, and I've just started Genre Diary, uh, which is a brand new review website. It's still in its early stages. So it's taken me a little while to get things up there, but it's genrediary.com. Um, Artie, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thank you. We learned a we lot. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. So Amanda, what brings you here? Oh, um, well, I'm really interested in learning more about publishing, the publishing industry, uh, technology, uh, you know, social media. Social media marketing is really exciting. So I can't wait to work on y'all's Instagram account and, you know, the website and all that stuff. It's going to be really fun. And I'm just really passionate and excited and so we're excited too. It's gonna be the best summer ever. It is. Yeah. As, so they say. That's true. It's gonna be though. the best summer ever. Yeah. No, it really is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. 
No. All right. Um, do you have questions for Amanda Corinne? Hmm. Let me think of some good ones. Um, let's see. What is, um, like of all the books that you had to read in high school, what was your least favorite and why? Ooh, my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like blocked i don't remember anything like ninth grade yeah ninth grade that's okay those are the two i remember it's so a I lot know. of grades I, know. I don't really know <laughs> i don't true. i liked a lot of books but none of the but none, none of the, the ones, ones you were actually that i was actually assigned yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah the one the one good thing that i got out of high school that i loved was i actually started a literary magazine Oh, oh my god. Nice. Yeah, so when I was a junior, it like helped me through a lot of my like emotional stuff that I was dealing with and uh I had this this uh teacher who is amazing and she we're still in touch now and um she kind of was like, "Hey, you know, do you want to get started on something so that you like a club?" And you know, I she told us that she ran a literary magazine at a previous school and she kind of like helped us get started, but like I was kind of the instigator. Like I was like, "That sounds really cool. Let's do it." And so, yeah, we started a magazine with like no funding and we kind of just did all the fundraising by ourselves and like all the students submitted work and made it happen. So how many uh, um, volumes, issues, like how many? Two. So I did two throughout my career there, but that the literary magazine actually continued on after I left. Like Yay. for another, I think, I think it's actually might still be going. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it might still be going. Previously, they hadn't had a literary magazine for like 10 years at at south and then they just i think they still have one now. were you editor-in-chief i was editor-in-chief it was called figure of speech oh that's a good name oh that's amazing yeah (laughs) yeah no i was editor-in-chief it was great i got to like pick the font of the magazine and like pick the layout do you remember what font it was i don't remember i wish i did Mm. wasn't comic sans was it no heck no or papyrus (laughs) no (laughs) papyrus was yeah. it Wangtings? <laughs> <laughs> now that would have been some Samuel Beckett. That would have been a little bit of a struggle. A little bit of, been a little bit of a struggle. You have to decipher it. <laughs> right. Okay. No, it was, it was really fun. That's awesome. No, tell us more about that. Like, what we kind had, of stuff did you write? We had, well, I wrote a lot of um, poetry, and I still write poetry. Oh, uh, cool. And I took some photographs, too, for it. And, like, I don't know. I just, like... Yeah, poetry, short fiction, flash fiction kind of stuff. Just like, because, you know, that's really interesting. Like the line between prose and poetry, like where does that even stand sometimes? Yeah. You know? um, especially with like the longer, longer form poetry that's like kind of in the format of prose. Like it's like paragraph form. Mm-hmm. It's it's always kind of been hard for me to define like what I like to write. But much of it comes from like a point of like emotion and not a lot of plot. So I guess I would kind of define that more as poetry. Well, I mean, you can write whatever you want because exactly. it's all made up. Yeah, it's all made yeah. up. Yeah. It's all made up anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but no, the magazine was amazing because, you know, we got submissions from students at school who previously hadn't had any outlets for, like, their creativity through the school. It was usually, like, we had yearbook, we had drama, we had sports, and Ugh. that's pretty much it. So a lot of things yeah. for extroverts. So basically. a lot of things yeah. for extroverts. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we, true. you know, we accepted uh we accepted photography, we accepted poetry, we accepted uh like short stories, we accepted essays, like oh, cool. nonfiction stuff. So it's kind of like a mixed bag. And the difference between our first edition and our second edition, like while I was in it cuz I was in it for 2 years, was like amazing. Wow. So yeah. you learned a lot in just that that I period learned a of lot. time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And doing all the fundraising stuff was really fun too. Like figuring out how to, because the school didn't fund us at all the first year. And then the second year, they kind of helped a bit, but like we had to do bake sales. We had to do, um, yeah, we did bake sales. We did car washes, you know, all the kind of like standard. And then we yeah. also would do like, we did ads in the back of the magazine. Like we contacted uh, local businesses and like people's parents and stuff and like would cold call them and like get them to put ads in the magazine so that it would like raise money. And like a real magazine. Like yeah, a real magazine. Yeah. And uh-huh. most of the money went to the printing. Um, and we, I went to actually, I went to Albany with um, Alexa, the advisor, the club advisor. We drove to Albany and saw the printing press. Oh my God. It was so cool. It was uh, so, so cool. Did you see the printing press printing your magazine? Oh, no, I wish. Oh. <laughs> that would be before. like a once in a lifetime. Oh, sort of I know. Yeah. That would Unless be amazing. That yeah, would be so true. amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that was a great experience. And that's actually what really solidified like my love for writing and like wanting to get into writing. And Man. Also, like the marketing behind it and like all the design, like 
you know, on the back of the scenes or behind the scenes. What <laughs> kind of um, software did you guys use? Cause in design. Wow. We got a yearbook kid to do it. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're good at that. They yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> Those yearbook kids. Yep. We, uh, I was pre in design when I was in like, um, we used PageMaker and I just sit there and cry. Oh no. It was the worst. I know any designers out there are probably screaming right now because you know how <laughs> terrible PageMaker is. Count your lucky stars that you never had to use PageMaker. Oh, th- th- so like I w- also worked on a newsletter for we had a we had an aquarium at our school. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. That's yeah, awesome. It was like a really expensive, like it was partnered with Noah. It was a what? I'm from Southern California. That's awesome. It was really cool and we were near like uh uh and so we had some pretty intense stuff going on. So I was in charge of the newsletter for that and the printer we used only took PageMaker. So InDesign was starting, Got but it. like they wouldn't use it. Oh, okay. They didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was one of those, like it was just, it was just, there's the one printer. There's in the town, one main one. Mm-hmm. And they will only use this so outdated. That, yeah. yeah. Oh uh, man. Oh my gosh. I hope they've gotten better. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, they have to, I mean, they have to. It's gone. Yeah. There's no more page maker. Everyone hates it. Yeah, you, you'd hope they don't still try to use it. Oh my God. Can you imagine? They're just no. handing out CD ROMs <laughs> all over. <laughs> Here, put this on your computer. <laughs> I don't have a CD. I don't know. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Take this floppy disk. Yeah. <laughs> so when uh, did you go straight into college after high school? I did. Yeah, I actually went to University of Oregon for two years. Oh, cool. Because it was in Eugene, yeah. and you know, my parents were like, "Oh, we'll pay for the dorms for a year if you go if you go there." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." So I went there. I went to U of O. They paid for the dorms for a year, and then, um. I, after that year, I moved back in with them and then I was at the U of O still, but I kind of didn't really want to be there because I had been in Eugene my entire life and I was like, I'm kind of ready to get out of here. Like, and that's the time you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm yeah. like, you know, it's been two years, so it's a perfect time to transfer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did. I transferred up to uh, Portland State. Yeah. And yeah. doing English or? So, yeah. Well, actually, I was originally an English major at U of O, but then I transferred to sociology um so i do i mostly do like social science stuff and yeah like sociology women's studies and so at P- portland state now i my major is uh liberal studies all right but yeah. minor in writing cool so cool. mostly i'm more mostly around like the writing side of things and then also like the soci- sociology side and yeah. like um cultural stuff mm-hmm. and I don't know a lot of books or like a lot about like, you know, books and things and reading. I try to read as much as well, I can. Well, you're going to learn. I'm going to learn a lot. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to learn a lot. Yay! <laughs> this summer is like, I'm going to read so much. This summer I shall read. I shall. I shall. Speaking of which. Yes. I'm going to start with you, Corinne, because oh, you're okay. really <laughs> chomping at the I bit. I sure am. What are you reading? Okay. Well. First of all, I just checked out um, Forest Dark from the library, which is by Nicole Krause. Oh! Um, who did History of Love. Yeah. And Great House. She's um, great. She is. She is, uh, you know, used to be Jonathan Safran Foer's better half. She was always the best half of that couple. She was. And then then he um, left. <laughs> then he <laughs> declared his love for Natalie Portman. Uh. And Natalie Portman was like, oh, <laughs> that's not what i meant oh. no oh okay yeah. and then his wife was like okay well then you can't have this yes which <laughs> seems fair <laughs> so anyway but i just started it so i'm only like 20 pages in but so far i like it a lot uh and then also i saw just today that at the Multnomah county library my copy of bad blood is ready for me to pick up so i'm very excited about that also Fuck you, carry you. <laughs> Fuck you, carry you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he does seem like a smug prick, but he did. Write it's a good book. A really good it's book. Yeah, you book. told me it was yeah. really good. So I'm excited to read about that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I got right now. So everyone loves an antihero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Loves to hate. Loves to hate. Are you reading anything right now, man? I am. I'm reading a nonfiction book. Uh, I forgot the author's name, but it's called Unfuck Your Intimacy. Oh, oh. God, that's Dr. Faith Harper. Dr. Faith she Harper, yeah. That's a microcosm book. Yes, it is. Yeah. I went to microcosm and picked it up. 
I love gosh. microcosm. Um, Joe Beal actually came to speak to my class too, the same one that you oh. were in. And so I've been, and I did a lot of like, I did a research project on microcosm. So I'm like really interested in them. And then I randomly was at the doctor yesterday and I realized that microcosm was right there across the street. So I went there and I just picked it up. Yeah, yeah, they have a little store. They do have a little store. It's adorable. I got lost in there for like an hour. I love it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very small. It is, but there's a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't get lost, lost, but like, you know, <laughs> I was reading all the titles of the books very meticulously for an hour. I guess that's like a better way of putting it. It's a house of leaves situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> yeah, it really is, though. You just keep turning corners and they're, you know. Yeah. No, she's got a lot of good books. Do you follow her on Instagram? I don't, but I should. You should. She posts a lot of good mental health memes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Love a mental health meme. Yeah. They're great. I, I like screenshot a lot of them. Oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. Love it. She's great. She's um, really funny. She's one of those people, like, if I emailed her about something once because something she posted really resonated with me, and she emailed me back within a few hours. That's amazing. Message authors. Email authors. Tell them that you like what they're saying. Totally like do it especially yeah. like now have to do mm-hmm. that. yeah yeah A- anything else no book wise that's uh, all i'm reading one is enough it's okay yeah in fact like it's probably better <laughs> yeah it's better than the zero i was reading for most of 2018 true so, or yeah. like the the four you were quote unquote reading i was reading yeah I wasn't reading, but you're like i can't read anything else because i have to get back to these yeah yeah was yeah, that part that of was, it that was yeah that probably was part of it yeah yeah, yeah. corinne mm-hmm. went through a very dry spell of Did. not reading until we shamed her into reading yes. again and that worked because i'm a recovering catholic and shame is something that does not go away <laughs> it doesn't so yeah you know? and it's like that and being a woman on top of everything yeah right? that is a lot of shame yep all the sure shame. is but corinne but I persevered, and now I'm reading not one but two books at the same time. Look at so, that! So, congratulations to me. <laughs> I believe in you. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Um, I am quote unquote reading like five books at uh-huh. the moment. Uh-huh. Sounds yeah, right. That's a quote unquote. Uh-huh. So the one that I can speak to and actually got through more of um and is less embarrassing is um is uh Believe Me by Eddie Izzard. And oh. I know I've complained about celebrity memoirs on here before. Sure, sure. But um I went on a road trip with my husband and he does not like thrillers and he does not like crime and he does not like a lot of the things I like. And so I was trying to find something that we would both enjoy. And on our last road trip we took, we listened to Eddie Izzard CDs, CDs the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how long ago we took a road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, Eddie Izzard has a memoir. Let's listen to Eddie Izzard's yeah. memoir. So the first few chapters were, you know, very sad because his mom died when she w- when he was four. Oh, oh gosh. Sucks. Yeah. God. But it also had that whole thing where I would have stopped listening to it if my husband hadn't been having a wonderful time. Uh, because yeah. it was like, I was a child and I played cricket and I <laughs> went to, I was in the street, blah, blah, blah. But he he does so many asides, uh-huh. oh, um, yeah. which it's kind of his thing. You know, it's like, what is this about? We'd yeah. go in there and did yeah. you know Winston Churchill? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that's like, and he goes, anyway. And he keeps saying, <laughs> like, end a footnote. and a very long footnote (laughs) end of a necessary footnote (laughs) so it's fun um i just got to get him in a situation where we're like together for a long period of time in a car again yeah yeah Yeah. so we can listen to it again yeah Yeah, exactly Um, i love that that's good yeah so we listen to that um i like audiobooks a lot do you like audiobooks i do but i don't listen to them very much because i don't have audible you don't have i don't have audible get libro fm Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah, that we'll later. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I have talked about that a lot on this podcast. Yes, definitely. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Heck yes. Um, yeah. So I'm also just reading. There's like a bunch of things I want to read. Mm-hmm. TBR pile. 
yep. overflowing. Sure, sure. Um, I'm reading a bunch of weird, like, magic books oh, that okay. I'm embarrassed to talk about. But um, <laughs> Great. one of them is fr- by this, like, 1960s chaos magician dude named Peter Carroll. Uh-huh. It's called Liebernol and Psychonaut. Oh. Well, Liebern- they're two different books, Liebernol and Psycho- mm-hmm. Psychonaut. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Bible of chaos magic or oh. whatever. And it's just all this weird esoteric stuff um, that makes it's like gibberish oh, but great. you know it's one of those things where someone was like you have to read this if you're like interested in the occult and uh, like it's oh yeah yeah it's yeah. so crazy and i'm like oh my god okay like, oh, <laughs> I'm <gonna read> it. <laughs> it's like there's one where it's like this is the ritual of the blah 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 and you do this and then it's blood and I have been <laughs> cautioned against telling you anymore. <laughs> and then it just, the section ends. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're like, all right. <laughs> this is, this is black magic. This is red magic. <laughs> <laughs> this is polka dot green magic. <laughs> this is rainbow magic. <laughs> all right. So um, you can find us at hybridpubscout.com. Please sign up for our mailing list. I did just release our one lead magnet as a, uh, for everyone podcast so i have to figure out something new for that oh well whatever um it's fine i'll make jt read more smut yeah um and so find us on facebook hybrid pub scout twitter hybrid pub scout um instagram hybrid pods fuck (laughs) (laughs) hybrid pub scout pod because our first account yeah got deleted deleted. i don't know yeah yeah, and keep an eye on the Instagram because I'll be manning that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. taking that over. Yeah. Be be aware. Um, so follow us there. And am I missing anything? Give us a five-star rating. Yes, please. Five, just five stars. If you don't want to give us five stars, yeah. why did you get this far in the podcast? Right, right. yeah. Um, but it'll be extra fun for you if you mm-hmm. leave a review and tell me what accent to read it in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... What could go wrong? What? Nothing. What indeed? Just don't, you know, just don't. <laughs> you know, don't, don't select some. <laughs> just be tasteful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Karen, do you have anything else to say? I don't think so. All uh, right. It's been a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been very fun. I'm really happy to be back here because it's been a few weeks. It has. So yeah. it's just like we're getting reacquainted with an old friend who is actually a current friend. Aww. So that's, you know, many weird. friends. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's all, all right. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> the like sad ending. <laughs> um, well, thanks for listening and thanks for giving a rip about books.